Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. You know, we, we've been talking a lot about leadership lately and leadership. I, I, yeah, I'm going to tell you what, man, I'm really passionate about leadership. I don't, when I, when I instruct on leadership, I, I don't sit there and, and act like I've got it all figured out. I think I talk about leadership from a different standpoint on how to take care of your people, not how to convince them how to follow you and not how to get them to worship the ground that you walk on. I don't, I don't approach, and I'm not saying there's a lot of people out there that instruct leadership that way. Let me tell you why I'm so jacked up this morning, like in a good way. Um, I'm jacked up because I just got back from teaching two post-traumatic courses, post-traumatic purpose courses, excuse me, in Prince William County, Virginia. And I was on stage talking with them and I'm like, you guys got a Prince William County, you got Prince George's County and then all these other princes. And I'm like, man, if y'all got a Prince Albert County, I'm out of here. And if you don't know what that is, that's, that's the Dick Pearson County. So you'd want to stay away from Prince Albert County. But anyway, I was super excited to, uh, to hang out with my buddies in, um, Prince William County, my boy, Kevin and my boy, Paul, let me tell you, let me tell you a little bit about leadership. So Here's what we're facing in the emergency services, all right? Right now, there's an overwhelming demand for mental wellness training across the board, whether it's police, fire, EMS, um, you name it. I've talked about this in the past. There's not enough people out there teaching the right stuff. We have a lot of people out there teaching a bunch of bullshit and a bunch of stuff that goes over the heads of, of, of our responders. And honestly, they're teaching a, a bunch of shit we don't need to know, but nobody's really out there talking about the guts of this thing, the reality of this thing. And having said that, a lot of departments are having trouble finding the right people. I, I was When I was on my drive the other day to Virginia, I was on the phone with another friend of mine. And he was telling me that they had somebody come out who was a marketing guy and he just figured out a way how to use his marketing background to teach mental health and mental wellness. And all of a sudden, boom, he's teaching first responders. And then he gets in there and teaches and everybody's like, what the fuck did we just, what, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and that's, that's my point. So the other side of this is this. There are still a lot of departments out there that do not want to spend the money on the appropriate training, even when the appropriate training is staring them in the face. Okay. And this is what I want to talk about leadership. 
Mental wellness is a check in the box for a lot of departments. What's the, what's the least amount that we can do just to say that we covered it? Can we show up at our station, tell people, Hey, there's a hotline. And if you need problems, if you have problems, call it. Okay. Check in the box. Right. Or how about we ask if you're feeling blue, black, red, or green today, there's some fucking color chart going around apparently. And you check that whatever color you're feeling today, you check that and, and the city has done their job. Here's the problem in times. What, you know, budgets are always going to be constrained, but the problem is they're, they're spending budgets on things that we never use. I was talking with another firefighter who was talking about, um, I'm not going to say who it was or where it was, but he was telling me somebody in charge of their budget wanted to buy a dumpster so they could practice doing fucking dumpster fires and didn't want to spend money on mental wellness. And I'm sitting there as a former firefighter and I'm like, on a fucking dumpster, like a dumpster fire is the most contained fire a firefighter will ever go to. It's very contained. And what are you, you're just going to fill it with trash and then pull up to it and shoot some water into it. Okay. And then you're going to drill on that a few tra- times. You're going to train on that a few times. And now you just got some empty fucking dumpster over there that now at some point just becomes a goddamn dumpster versus taking care of your people. See, when I teach my course, I talk about the most vulnerable time for first responders. It's not on duty. On duty is our safe space. It's off duty. Mental wellness is something we use 24-7, 365. And it just it 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 hurts my little heart to hear that departments are not really going after um the mental wellness thing and and getting their people caught up to speed because this is a very, very crucial time in our business. While we have the attention of everybody, we know that this is a problem. Let's fucking fix it. Let's get on it. Brings me back to my boys at Prince William County. Check this out. And this takes me back to a couple weeks ago in Missouri when I told you about my buddy Jeremy, who's a, a volunteer fire chief out there. Fuck waiting on budgets. And that's what a lot of these people are doing. These firefighters, they're finding ways outside of the budget, outside of the city's um, approval to get the training that they need. And that is the fucking leadership at its finest. Leadership creates resources. Leadership doesn't wait for resources to come to them. Leadership goes to the resource. They find resources and at any means necessary, they take care of business. And that's what these firefighters around the country are starting to do. And it's a very beautiful thing that I'm seeing police officers too. They're like, look, we want something. The city is saying that it's not a problem, but we know it is the boots on the ground. We know there's a fucking issue and we want to get better from this. We want to learn from this. And when, when cities are saying no, and we don't have the money when they got millions and millions of dollars sitting in a fund to go buy a fucking building and just destroy it and build a park versus train their goddamn first responders for a few hours. These first responders are going out and creating resources because they're stepping up to the plate and becoming leaders. That's what just happened in Prince William. I'm stoked. I'm, I'm excited about it. I love seeing the energy. We were we had two courses. Um, man, the, both both days were really really good. But I'm gonna tell you, the second day, what, man, it was a, I don't know, man. I was in my fields a little bit different because there were so many spouses there. And as I'm talking and I'm, I'm sitting there explaining what this thing is and what it is we go through, I'm watching these, these wives squeeze their husband's hands while I'm talking. And you can tell you're hitting something important in their relationship. 
and you're watching the husband kind of look over at the wife and the wife look back at the husband and she's like giving him the okay and rubbing his back because I know I'm talking about them in that moment. For four hours, you're hitting every single person in there in different ways. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to shed a little bit of light on this big mystery of ours with the spouses and in our business, you know, like we come home, we're really short. We take, we take our problems out on our families, not intentionally because over the years, something has happened and we don't even know what it is. We don't know how to explain it. And so what we do is it just starts to become normal. And we just start grinding through it. Every once in a while, we have a good day. And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, our day is going to shit. And now the whole family's having a shit day and a shit couple of days and a shit week. And then maybe daddy gets a little better. Maybe mommy gets a little better. And we start to have a good day again. And then again, once in a snap of a finger, something happens. And daddy or mommy's upset again and takes it out on everybody around him or her. Not intentionally. But see, the difference is this. I can talk about this shit freely now. I'm not on the job. I can really step back without any fucks given and talk about my life, what's happening. I talk about being intoxicated at work as a firefighter. I'm not proud of that. It's a horrible, shameful moment that I talk about, but it is true. If I were still on the job, do you think I could get in front of of a crowd, an audience, and talk about those things? Hell no. You'd be fired in about five seconds, and that's why a lot of people clam up and don't talk. You know, after our our second day in Prince William, we had so many questions. We were there for a while, man. And it was, uh, it was actually very emotional. We had a chief stand up and he had some emotional words of encouragement. And then, uh, there was another gentleman that was wearing a, a tight ass shirt. I didn't want to bust his balls about his tight shirt, but, um, he had an emotional moment about his, uh, his friend who was on the job as a firefighter who committed suicide. And, That's what I'm getting at. And these grown, hard-ass men are standing up and they're starting to openly address things in front of other people when I know 100% without a shadow of a doubt, they wouldn't have done that, you know, in the past. And that's, that's, that's proof positive that we're doing the right thing out here, that we're actually out there. We're not just, this shit isn't falling on deaf ears. These, these men and women know there's a problem and not only know that, check it out. This was a Friday morning in Prince William that we went out, okay? At 8 o'clock in the morning. Most, a lot of people are working. We had 100 plus people in that audience at 8 o'clock in the morning from 8 to 12. The next day, Saturday morning, it was packed again. And these people are taking time off from their schedules and from their lives and their children. They're having to leave their children at home because you don't bring your children to a Travis Howes event. But what I'm saying is this. They care enough about this to where back in the day, there would have been zero fucks given and and people wouldn't show up because we don't want to talk about it. But we know this is important. We know that this is actually, it's an epidemic in our community. And we always get one question in there. How did we, how are we going to, um, get this to more people as far as like the acceptance of mental wellness? And I tell them, I tell people all the time, it starts with all of you, anybody listening to this, anybody that's at one of my events, it starts with you going back to your, your firehouse, going back to your police substation and, and don't worry about what people are going to think or say about you. If you have an issue going on with something, talk about it and talk about why 
And you'd be surprised at the people that will start opening up around you. And that's how we make it acceptable. While I was on the road, when I was coming back, um, excuse me, when I was going to Orlando, um, last week, I stopped in and I stayed the night at my, at my dad's house and, um, or no, excuse me, that was before Orlando. I was staying the night at my dad's house one night, a couple weeks ago. And he goes, man, I, you got to watch this, this show that I DVR'd. And what it was, was this, there was a man, this biologist who lived out in the woods in Florida and he was raising turkeys from birth. The, he found a bunch of eggs and the turkey mom either abandoned them or got killed. Well, he found these eggs and he took them back to his his house there in the woods where he lives. Where Saint, he, I don't know, he has he has this pretty cool setup. And he put these eggs in an incubator. He didn't know how long they were there because he, he you know he was saying how long um, eggs if they're left uncovered or without a certain temperature after like an hour, two, two, three hours, whatever the time limit is, that they'll just spoil, go bad, and they'll never hatch. So he didn't know if he had found them in time, but he was going to give it a shot. So he he went home, he put them in an incubator. And he started taking care of them. Check this out. While the eggs were in the incubator, he was starting to do like turkey chirps so that the, the, the embryos inside the eggs would hear this turkey, turkey gobble, chirp, chirp, whatever, whatever turkeys do, <laughs> turkey talk. And after a while, he started noticing that the eggs were starting to crack. So when the eggs actually cracked open and the little turkey started coming out, he was there doing his turkey chirp and all of the turkeys started coming to him. These turkeys all of a sudden thought this man, they didn't know any different. They thought this man was their mother. They began following him around and he would take them out into the, um, the little shed where he had them, where he had their little coop and he would sit there until nighttime and let them perch on him. Uh, and then he would kind of sneak out and ease out and go get some sleep, but he would come back in the morning before sunrise while the turkeys were still sleeping. And when they would wake up, they were with this man. So what happened was this, he started for the next year and a half. He spent a year and a half of his life with these turkeys and he would walk through the woods and he, he learned the language of turkeys. I know this sounds crazy as shit, but listen, it was really cool. He learned the language of turkeys and he could uh, distinguish 30 different um, words that the turkeys would use back and forth. He knew what da- he knew when a turkey saw a snake. He knew when turkeys saw hawks. He knew when turkeys were just laughing and having fun. He knew all these different um, communication levels of these turkeys. And what he was saying was this. He said that when he spent time out in the woods with these turkeys and away from everything else, He had never felt more alive in his life. And he said, nothing else mattered. I just loved being with these turkeys. And it made me realize that my entire life, you ready for this? My entire life, I betrayed so many moments in my life because I was too busy looking back into the past or too busy looking too far into the future, which caused me to betray the moment that I was in. And he looked back and he was talking about all of that wasted time. And holy fuck, how many times have I talked about that on this podcast? And it hit me. And my dad looks over and he's like, who are you texting at this time of night? Because he saw me on my phone. He knew parents get nosy and shit. I said, I'm not texting. I'm taking notes. And he goes, about what? And I said, betray the moment. Because I want to talk about that for a second. So let's think about this. Let's stop wherever we are right now. If you're driving, don't. Don't stop, but think about this. 
Where are you headed to right now? Are you headed to work? Are you headed to the gym? Are you headed to the store? Are you so focused on where you're headed that wherever you're at right now in your day, listening to this, did you not even enjoy a single moment of the day up until right now? Did you just let that entire day pass you by because you're so focused on where you're headed, where you're going, what you have to do for tomorrow, you know, um, or are you just sitting there dwelling on the past? I talk about this all the time about the growth process. If you're going to grow, you cannot grow and look back. You can, you can grow from your past, but if you live in your past too much, you just can't grow. Um, to grow is to go. I just made that shit up. Check that out. To grow is to go. Like you have to go in order to grow. So you can't sit stagnant. You can't look in the past. You have to go forward, right? I can tell you right now, I've betrayed so many moments in my life because I was so focused on what I need to accomplish on the things that are really outside of my control, including the future. And it's a constant reminder. It's a constant headspace that I have to go back to because I get so laser focused on the future in two years from now. And I'm, I'm, I'm already starting to look forward to 2023 because I have, uh, dates coming in for post-traumatic purpose. And I got 2024 dates and I'm like, all right, shit, I got to start building my schedule out 2023, 2024, 2025. And instead of focusing on right now, what's more important dates, dates in our lives that may never come dates in our lives that we've already lived or the date in our life, the day in our life, which is right now that we're not even aware of. I don't want you to think about that either today or moving forward. Think about how many moments you've betrayed. Think about the times that, that, that you can't get back with people that you should spend more time with, but you don't prioritize them over the other petty bullshit that we, that we put in front of all of that. And I am the guiltiest. Trust me. I'm so focused on what I do and making it better and being able to provide a better service that I'm always working on it. And my kids will be sitting right next to me. And even though I talk about this on this podcast a lot, doesn't mean I'm perfect by any means. I mean, I have all kinds of faults, but I try to focus on them and I lost focus for a little while. And it took watching a man walk in the woods with some fucking turkeys to make me figure that out, to make me realize, to make me snap back into it. So if it took me, if you listen to me regularly, thank you for one. But if you, if you weren't thinking about this, think about this. It took Travis going to his dad's house to watch some old DVR Turkey man walking through the woods to where I could spit it into this microphone and you can hear it in your little eardrums to think, Hey, you know what? Maybe I should slow down. Maybe that thing two weeks from now, maybe a year from now, whatever I'm planning on isn't as important as spending the time that I have right now with my people. And I always talk about that time, man, but man, that, that just hit me in a different spot. And I, and I hope that all makes sense to you all. The world isn't better a half a mile away. The world isn't better 30 minutes ago. The world is fantastic right now, right now. So soak it in. Stop your bitching. (laughs) I'm notorious for bitching. I want to tell you about a conversation that I recently had that is very um, 
crazy, but I do think, I do think things happen for reasons. I, uh, I was driving to Orlando last week and on the way to Florida, I have a buddy of mine from the Marine Corps who's from Florida and he works for one of the federal, um, agencies now in law enforcement. And I hadn't talked to him in about a year. So I decided to give him a call and he has two phones and I don't know which one's his work phone, which is his personal. I always just try both of them until I get him when I, when I do call. So I tried one phone and, um, it rang a couple times, went to voicemail and I sat there and I looked at it and I almost didn't call the next one. I was like, you know what? He's probably busy and, and you know, he'll call back, but something told me to call that number, the other number. And I'm glad I did check this out. So my, my buddy who is extremely busy with this federal agency that he works for, come to find out, he answers the phone. We start talking. He's, he's in their training division now. So he's not on the tactical side right now in operations. And so he has a lot more flexibility. He's home with his family. We start catching up. And I was, that was just really neat because for the last 12, 13 years, he has not been in an office. All of a sudden he's working in an office. I hear guys talking in the background and I don't think anything of it. Well, we we have a great conversation where we hang up. All right. After we hang up literally about two or three minutes later, my phone rings and it's him calling me back. And I figured, I figured he butt dialed me. So I didn't answer it. I was just like, surely that's an accidental, you know, call back because it was so soon after we just hung up. Well, he calls again and Second time he calls, I picked it up and I was like, Hey bro, what's up? He goes, dude, he goes, you are not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. And I was like, okay, what, what you got, man? Try me. Cause I've heard some pretty crazy shit. He goes, the second I hung up the phone with you, he said, uh, I started to talk to another guy in my office about you. And he goes, they were asking who I was talking to. And I told him my buddy, Travis, that I was in the Marines with, and we, we kind of started laughing and talking shit. And then he goes, I don't know if you guys remember um, the furniture store fire in Charleston. He was a firefighter down there. And a second he said that, another guy that works in their office happened to overhear that and stopped him. And he goes, wait, it's not Travis Howes, is it? And my buddy goes, you know Travis? And the guy was like, I've never met him, but I listened to him on a, um, on a podcast one time. And he, uh, what he was saying resonated with me so much that I don't, I want to be, I want to be humble here. This is not what I'm trying to tell you. He told him, my friend, that it changed his life from what he heard. Okay. Come to find out this guy's been following me on Instagram for a couple of years and I didn't even, I didn't even know it. And, uh, my friend goes on to tell me that this guy was in the Marines and uh, he ended up losing his leg. And that was about, that was about the extent of it. So I was like, yeah, man, tell him, tell him I said, Hey, tell him I said, th- you know, thanks for the support and all that. But you know, I didn't, I didn't do anything. You know, if, if something I said, um, sparked, sparked a fire in him. Great. You know, but I mean, I didn't do anything. If, 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 if he, if anything happened, he did all the work. Cause you know, I, I wasn't there. I didn't do shit. Right. So later on, Dustin calls me back. And uh, he's away from the office and he's like, man, that really meant a lot the, that, uh, that guy, um, knew who you were. He said it, it blew his mind that we're friends and all that. And I said, you know what? I said, what's his number? I, and I said, can I call him? And so my friend said, yeah, man, dude, I'm a, I'll text him your number right now. 
And I said, please do. So I'm on the phone. I mean, I'm driving, excuse me, I'm, I'm driving into Orlando and my friend shoots me this guy's number. So I just call him right away. Cause I don't, I never wait on anything. If I want to do something, I do it right now. Well, the dude answers the phone. You could tell he was like, uh, hello, like who the fuck is this? And I told him, I said, Hey man, this is Travis. I was like, um, you know, we were just talking to my, to my friend. I don't want to say my friend's name, but the guy goes, Holy shit, it's you. And I was like, yeah, man, it's me. What's going on, bro? And then we start talking. How about this? How about this guy starts telling me like what, what really happened? And this is the reason I'm telling you this story. It is, this is, so this is not a back pat on my part. What this is, is when you think nothing in your life matters, you think your story doesn't matter. You think keeping all your shit to yourself is the best thing to do and to suppress it and bury it. This is why I'm going to tell you you're wrong. And this is why I'm going to tell you, you opening up and being vulnerable can help just one person. And it's so worth it. So check this out. I start talking with the guy. He ends up telling me that he was, uh, he was in the Marine Corps. He was in the battle of Fallujah. He got hurt in that battle ends up having to have an operation on his leg. Okay. He gets an operation on his leg and this is after he gets out of the Marine Corps, excuse me, after he gets out of the Marine Corps, he, he becomes a police officer. He's involved in a couple of fatal shootings. Both he was cleared for one. He had to shoot a lady point blank and he knew her. All right. And you think that's hard enough to deal with. He gets cleared with that. He's still on the job. All of a sudden his leg, he, he has to have a knee replacement. Okay. Gets the knee replacement, gets an infection in his knee. And they got to take his leg off. Okay. While he's in the hospital. And this is, this is the story I gather from him while he's in the hospital, he's having a hard time getting in touch with his wife. He has a, a new child and like a five-year-old. I said it was, and he's having a hard time getting in touch with his wife during his recovery period. And then the day he goes to get released from the hospital, he can't get in touch with her. So he calls an Uber and he's got crutches and he just had a, his, his leg amputated and he's got like a new prosthetic, but he haven't, he's having to use crutches at this time comes into his house where he was married and had these kids opens the door and everything's gone. Everything. This is a true story. He doesn't realize what the hell's happening. Um, it turns out his wife left him ends up with guess who fucking fireman. Um, cause that's how firemen roll. I mean, that's just what we do. <laughs> this sucks. I'm not trying to make fun of the situation, but it, it, it's, if Dude, if, I'm, if, if I ever have a gal leave me, I'm going to every firehouse. And I'm like, where's she at? I know she's in a fire station. No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, he then tells me he, um, he went into this horrible place and it got to a place where he wasn't necessarily suicidal, but he was starting to think about it. And he was starting to think, man, what would it be like? Right. And that's where it starts getting dangerous. Well, he tells me one night he's laying in bed and he's laying there and he said to himself, you know, if I didn't wake up tomorrow, things wouldn't be that bad. And before he went to sleep that night, while he's thinking about this stuff, I mean, cause I understand going down that road that doesn't stop. It only gets worse. You only start to get more curious until something slaps you in the face and snaps you out of it. Well, how about this? He starts watching um, the Sean Ryan show on YouTube. And I was on that, um, podcast with Sean. And when it, when it popped up, he started watching it and he said, everything that I was saying on there resonated with him in that episode. 
And I remember when I did that episode, it was really, really hard for me because that's that was right in the beginning when I really just started talking about my shit unfiltered without any care in the world who thought what. So it's it's extremely hard to talk about. And he said that changed his life and it changed his mindset instantly. And so he went on to, to sit there and say, thank you, blah, 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 all this. And I was like, look, dude, listen, I didn't do anything. You just heard some words that I said about me. I wasn't out there looking for you and I didn't seek you out and help you. You stumbled across what I was talking about in an interview. And I said, you are where you are. And he's in a, he's in a so much better place now. I said, you are where you are, not because of me, but because you did the work to get to wherever you are right now. Sometimes it just takes hearing something from somebody else. That doesn't mean I deserve credit for talking about my shit, right? But if me talking about my shit allowed you to open your eyes a little bit and to see a bigger picture, then that's fantastic. And that's what I'm getting at. I meet people all the time. They're like, man, you know, I've had some things happen to me, but it's not like yours. And I'm like, look, your story's your story. You don't have to compare stories. That's the beautiful thing because there's a lot of people out there I don't relate to that you would relate to. And I tell people all the time, go out there and talk about your stuff, man, because one, it's going to help you Two, It is going to help somebody else. So I started talking to this guy and he's still in a federal law enforcement officer. Um, doing what he does. And I told him, I said, dude, when do you want to go out and talk? And I was like, I'd I'd be happy to take you under my wing and, and, and show you kind of a little bit about how this thing works. But he's, and he sounded super excited and and I'm excited for him because I was like, man, at some day your law enforcement career is going to come to an end someday. And when you, when it does, I talk about this when I'm teaching courses, I talk about when we're in these professions that abruptly end or they come to an end after 30 years. And once you've let those careers define you for so long, what are you going to do then? And I told him, I said, go ahead and start speaking now. So when that time comes, you'll already be, you'll already have it under your belt and you'll already be doing it. And it's, I can't wait to watch the lives that this guy touches just through his story, because he's going to be able to relate to so many people. Like you can go to a, um, you know, like a lot of these amputees. Now you see these, these inspirational videos, they're going through things. That's right. That's great. But there's a lot of amputees out there who probably aren't that inspired anymore. And they're, they're feeling hopeless and they feel challenged. But when you get a guy like this, that can still go out and do his job, maybe, maybe it'll spark something inside of them. Maybe they'll see that somebody else could do it and they'll realize, you know what? I can do it too. And I'm super excited for it. I mean, and that's why I, I'm super excited to always tell people, no matter what you think, that you, you know, don't put significance on your story. Don't compare your story to anybody else's. Your story is yours for a reason. It's unique for a reason. And there are so many people just like you out there that could benefit from you telling your story. Y'all wish me luck because I'm about to go get my ass kicked in Chattanooga, Tennessee for two weeks. So I'm heading to my next stop is Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'm I'm going to be teaching post-traumatic purpose to the entire Chattanooga Fire Department, Police Department, Hamilton County Emergency Services and surrounding agencies and dispatchers and spouses. And here's the thing. I am thrilled to death to be able to be so welcome to go 
to to that region. And uh, I have so many good friends already in that region working, and I love those folks up there. Um, here's what I'm worried about. Um, when I teach, it's hard. It's emotional. I give it everything I got. I don't hold back, and it's draining. Well, this is going to be a very um, difficult test for me. It's uh, I'm doing two classes a day. The fourth through the eighth. Let me let me recheck my schedule here. All right, let me go here. It'll be April the fourth through the eighth. I'll be doing one at eight in the morning till noon, and then we'll have an hour lunch break, and then I'll be doing another one from one to four or four or five. And so every day for that that week, I'm doing two a day, and then I'm off for a week, and then I go back to Chattanooga on the 18th. I do two a day for the rest of that week until the 22nd. So we're in in all 22 post traumatic or 20 post traumatic purpose courses. But all it takes is touching one person. You know what I mean? And it, it makes it all worth it. Problem problem with me is so I don't eat before and and I was always like this with comedy. I never I would never eat before I would go on stage because I had one experience when I was in I think I talked about this on a podcast. I was in um, Mesquite, Nevada. I went to the buffet right before I performed, and then I was caught sleeping backstage when it was time for me to come on stage. So I eat like a puppy. I can't control it. So the problem with that is when I go on stage, I get really hungry, and then I get lightheaded, and then I get a migraine headache. So this time, when I go to Chattanooga, I got to be very strategic. If anybody is in and around the Chattanooga area and wants to bring by like a lunch, Please do. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I got to I gotta be very strategic on how I take care of myself. And I have to do a better job at taking care of myself. It's not just the mental stuff. It's the diet. It's the sleep. It's the all of that. The hard part is this, too. When you get, when you go to places to teach and all, I want to be involved with everybody and everything. I want to meet the guys, the girls. I want to meet everybody and 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 tell them and show them how much I really appreciate them and support them. The hard part about that is after you're done teaching like this, um, it's a lot of weight and sometimes you just need to unplug and you don't want to seem like a dick, like you don't want to be around people. That's not it at all. The problem is sometimes you you have to decompress um, so you can be ready to go the next day and be able to give it everything you got. The, the, hard, the hard thing about that is juggling it and that can also, uh, you can look at your personal lives and think the same thing and feel the same way like, when are you being spread too thin? Are you being spread too thin? Are you trying to accommodate too many people um, and not taking care of yourself? See, I'm guilty of that too. I talk about that, but I'm guilty of it. I give so much of myself that I don't give myself myself. So I got to be more con- conscious about that. And uh, also on the 21st of October, I'll be back in Cleveland, uh, Tennessee. So I have two post-traumatic purpose events that day in Chattanooga, hop in the, I uh, say the, the car, the minivan, hop in the minivan, go right up the interstate to Cleveland, Tennessee. We're going to be in a church that night talking to first responders and their families again. So that's a three event day. Um, so y'all, if you, if you're into the prayer and all that, say a prayer for your boy. If you're not into the prayer or anything like that, send some pizza, send some chicken wings, something, because <laughs> I'm going to need it. I'm going to need all the support I can get. But here's a cool thing. I can't wait to tell you, I can't wait to tell you how it all goes after episode or after class number 20. Um, I do know this. I'm not going to do that many again because this is going to be a challenge 
from hell. And it's going to be worth every penny. And it's, it, this is going to be my, uh, my mental health hell week, if you will, for two weeks. So I'm going to go give it hell. Um, if you're in or around the Chattanooga area and you want to come out to these events, shoot me a message on Instagram. Everybody's welcome. I mean, we'll, I know a guy. I can get you in. All right. So y'all come on out. Have a great week. Kick some ass. Do me a favor. Think about this today or tomorrow or the next day. Don't betray the moment. Live in the moment. Be fully present. Let other people feel your presence and not your absence. I love y'all. Thank you.